Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Paulina Montañez Montes from Protect Democracy. We'll talk about her organization and how it fights back against Trump's attacks on government institutions that safeguard democracy, and how the American public brought us back from the brink of authoritarian rule in the 2020 election. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. It's been a month since the 2020 election took place, and the candidate who lost has yet to concede. Nothing has been normal these past four years, so Donald Trump's refusal to accept defeat and cast doubt on the 2020 election's legitimacy is right on brand for him. A group of former Obama appointees knew early on that this politician would not only be a danger to our nation, but a threat to democracy everywhere. So they formed a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization dedicated to fighting efforts at home and abroad to undermine our right to free, fair, and fully informed self-government. In its arsenal, the organization enlists the U.S. Constitution and a secret weapon, our community's very own Paulina Montañez Montes. These days, she's busy saving democracy and reaching the masses throughout the digital world. But recently, Paulina sat down with me to warn us that our work is not done. I want to welcome to the show my good friend, Paulina Montañez Montes of Protect Democracy. She and I met nearly a decade ago when we both served in the Obama administration. Both of us decided to stick around D.C. after Obama left the White House, and now she works as a digital strategist at a firm that is literally working to save our nation from slipping into an authoritarian state. Paulina, you are a superhero. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, Majesty. Thank you so much for having me. Paulina, tell us a little bit about yourself and what, how you ended up at Protect Democracy. Sure. So um, first off, I'm you know, a second generation queer Latina from California living in D.C. Now nearly for 10 years. Um, so like many folks in D.C., I've been a political operative sort of in one form or another, you know, working on campaigns in the government where I met you and now leading digital strategy, like you said, at Protect Democracy. Um, but I will admit that the 2016 elections hit me pretty hard. And all of us, all after of us. leaving the, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, so, you know, after leaving the Obama administration, I got back into campaign work, but it still felt like I need to refocus on a bigger purpose. So that's how I came to Protect Democracy. And like you mentioned, it's a, um, nonpartisan, nonprofit organization formed to prevent our democracy from declining into a more authoritarian form of government. Um, and I know that's a mouthful, but the work is really important. So I'm excited to speak with you today about how we're making sure democracy works for everyone. So you have a great, you know, academic background. You could have probably gone into the private sector and made a lot of money, but you ended up in government. Why do you love government and why are you committed to protecting it? Um, Great question. And it's not so much that I love government. Um, I've worked in government before 
Um, but you know, I found that we as a country continue to fall short of protecting and really providing dignity to the most vulnerable populations here, even as we claim to be the greatest nation in the world. And with the rise of Donald Trump, we know that just how unprepared our government were or was and our leaders um, to rein in a politician with dictator-like tendencies and also avoid the abuse and cruelty on our people that we see now. So, um, you know, Trump has exposed decades of deterioration in our democratic institutions, including our system of checks and balances. So um, to your question, instead of working in partisan politics, I got back to basics and sort of have committed myself to protecting and strengthening our democratic institutions that impact everyone's daily lives and also to prevent a two-point vote. Uh, Trump 2.0 from rising. What, what moment or action spurred the founders of Protect Democracy to launch this organization? Uh, so Protect Democracy was founded in 2017 by concerned former high-level government officials who were alarmed by Trump's very public desire to rule as a dictator, um, you know, claiming to have unlimited powers as a president with zero accountability. Like, he said he could shoot someone on Fifth Ave and face no consequences. So we know this, he sees himself as a king and not a president. So our founders spoke with experts and assembled the team to give, really give it all we've got to stop democratic decline in the US. Um, and I will say this election pulled us back from the brink though the threat still remains. So exactly. I wanna make sure your listeners know. Um, yeah, so I wanna make sure that your listeners know, though, that Trump is a symptom and not the actual cause. Actually, the world has been experiencing a trend towards authoritarianism over the past decade. So countries like Hungary, Poland, Turkey, the Venezuela. And now the threat is, right, yeah. And so the threat has pretty much arrived here. But autocrats all attack democracy in essentially the same way. Um, and their attacks fall into six categories. So first is corrupting elections, as we know, delegitimizing communities, executive power grabs, spreading disinformation, politicizing institutions like the DOJ, and quashing dissent. So at Protect Democracy, we launch projects to fight and prevent those attacks in the US from happening. And now beyond the election, our job is to repair and reinforce these democratic institutions, including Congress, which is actually supposed to act as a check on the president. Um, you know, after the Watergate scandal happened, Congress enacted reforms to really reckon with, the, with Nixon's abuse of power. Now it's our job, we need to go even further to rebuild democracy and really make sure that a Trump 2.0 um, is avoided. What are some of the top projects that you're currently working on at Project Democracy? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, I mentioned one of the six tools that autocrats use to gain power was quashing dissent. Trump has done exactly that. For example, requiring campaign staff and volunteers to sign these overly broad, never-ending non-disclosure agreements, which violate the free speech of everyday Americans. Uh, we're fighting to free them from these abusive NDAs and also restore their right to tell the truth to the public. So Correct. let's say, Jesse, you were on, um, you know, the Trump campaign or a future campaign 
um, for a presidential candidate and you wanted to report something illegally you saw on while on staff to the appropriate authorities. Um, now think you now have the president of the United States coming after you, a private citizen, and punishing you for telling the truth. That's the stuff of dictators. And think of the implications. This really sets a dangerous example for other politicians to do the same if we don't get these NDAs struck down now. So, you know, free speech and the ability to criticize our leaders is critical to a functioning democracy. And something that the Trump campaign and administration have been trying to violate through through these contracts of silence. So that's one of the projects that we've been working on. And um, I will say another one um, was uh, another tool autocrats use is executive power grabs. And by that, I mean trying to consolidate power in themselves. So back in 2019, um, when Trump declared a national emergency in order to build the border wall, we filed a lawsuit to stop it. And that's because this so-called you know, emergency was made up in order to get funding for the wall after Congress had already denied him the funding. Um, I'm sure you read lots of news about lots of about news the border of that. wall and it's still and ongoing. Still ongoing. <laughs> yeah, uh, so what he tried to do there was to get around Congress's power of the purse to score political points with his base. And, it's really part of a pattern by Trump of trying to dodge accountability and act as if he's above the law. Paulina, people who listen to this podcast probably belong to groups who have marched or protested for their civil rights. So we get why Protect Democracy exists. How do you convince those who have never had to assemble, write letters or lobby elected officials that their civil liberties are under attack? What's going to wake them up? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I disagree just a little bit with that. The huge turnout in this last election really suggests that those who haven't been politically engaged in the past recognize we're experiencing a pretty unique threat to our norms and our democracy. But the problem is that there are still many who support Trump, right? Part of what contributes to this is are widely different sources of information from you know, social media bubbles, dishonest news outlets to our own confirmation biases. So we're basically not all living in the same reality. That's a big threat to democracy because autocrats thrive on the spread of disinformation and undermining the truth, like I had mentioned before. Um, and we know that an informed public is key to holding our elected officials accountable. Um, though there's sort of a bright spot, now we know that we can take down a wannabe dictator. Um, we should use that power, but we need everyone to stay engaged. Like you mentioned, um, assemble, write letters, lobby elected officials and such. Though I do wanna recognize sort of the privilege that I have because I have the resources to stay engaged but I hope your listeners will also remain active for those whose access to democracy has been cut off. That means staying engaged at the federal, state, and local levels. And also, you know, of course, voting in all elections, not all just elections. They're so important. Exactly. I want to go back to one thing you said, Paulina. Uh, one of the ways this administration has been able to be successful is by operating through chaos. I mean, they throw everything mm -hmm. out there to overwhelm us with multiple crises, how does your organization stay focused? Sure, there's lots of chaos going on and it's really important for us to 
um, stay focused. So I will say I'm very lucky. We're a very collaborative team and we have culture principles that help guide us and sort of keep us focused. In particular, we focus on mission. So we say mission is the metric. That means we assess every move we make based on how closely it's aligned with our mission. And this really helps us keep the eye, keep our eye on the prize. We also have a principle that panic is the enemy. Um, it's so easy to get distracted by the chaos, like you mentioned, Jesse. We built into our team culture and understanding not to chase these shiny objects that are coming, you know, CNN push alerts on your phone, tweets and all of that, which don't really help us achieve our mission. This principle helped, helps us sort of take a step back and act wisely. And so we practice that culture and reinforce it amongst each other every day. And that's really key to staying focused for us. When I wanted to invite you to this podcast, I've always, I've made a list of people that I've wanted to bring on and you were on that list from the very beginning because I just admire your work that you do here in DC. And um, being so honored, a, thank you. Out and proud queer Latina, you know, you know, making it on her own. And I just want to say that, boy, your work is so important and so relevant to the times and not just going times. I mean, what we're going through right now, we have an outgoing president that has not conceded the election as of this afternoon. And I'm like, we're going through one of the most undemocratic episodes that will go down in history. You know, people are going to be talking about this years from now. And mm -hmm. this administration mm -hmm. failure of accepting the 2020 election and the failure to allow a formal transition to the Biden administration. Has the United States finally outdone other dictators or you think there's more coming in January before January 20? Is he going to start a war? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for this question. I want to go back to something that I said earlier was like, we really got to keep our eye on the prize here. So I want to be clear that Joe Biden has won the election and he'll be sworn in on January 20th, 2021, right? Um, now, there are concerns about how a delay in the transition could affect things like our national COVID response and even national security. So that's why it's really important that the General Services Administration allow the transition to begin in full. The other concern is, again, disinformation, this mm -hmm. time coming directly from Trump. So around half of Republicans believe Trump's false narrative that the election was rigged even though there's no evidence and multiple people in the president's own party have acknowledged that the election was safe and secure. So we need more Republicans to speak up in defense of reality. Um, but I wanna sort of finish this in saying that this really highlights why it's important that we don't rest once Biden is in office. It doesn't mean the damage is over, that the threat is over. A lot of damage has been done and a lot of weak spots have been exposed in our system. So we need to stay focused and rebuild and strengthen democracy in the US. If people wanna learn more about your organization, where can they visit? I love this question as the digital strategist here. Um, I want to. <laughs> Uh, so people can learn more about how we're combating threats to our democracy by visiting our website, protectdemocracy.org, and also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. So links to both of those are on our website, of course. 
And I just want to, um, before we end our, our conversation, Paulina, mm-hmm. for listeners out there, especially the queer Latinas that might be out there listening to this, what advice do you have them if they ever want to seek a, a profession here in D.C., if they want to feature in D.C.? Sure. So I came out here not, not having a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think what was really important for me was finding mentors who helped me navigate and um, find my way through the political environment or ecosystem here in D.C., and um, you can't really do it alone. You need others championing you, giving you feedback, um, guiding you in some type of way. So finding a trusted source to act as your mentor really made all the difference for me. Thank you so much, Paulina, for fighting the good fight. I mean, you guys oh, are doing something that is just, I just didn't, I, I would never think that, our, that I would grow up in a nation that came to this moment where we might lose it all, you know? And half of us think one way and the other half think another way. So we're gonna have a lot of work come January 20 to try to bring this country together. But it's important that your organization is around to help rebuild these institutions that have been taken down in the last four years, very important ones. And I just miss the traditional things like the weekly addresses, you know? the things that the press conferences where they actually have to answer questions, you know, and not pick fights. I miss. Yeah. These are norms that we don't have really anymore. Not anymore. I mean, we don't even have, you know, uh, a dog in the, (laughs) in the white house. We don't, every little thing (laughs) has changed Mm -hmm. and I cannot wait for it to just to get back to normal. But it's just like you said, it's not going to be, just getting back to normal. We're going to have to undo some of the damage that has been done and some of the people that have been elected in his image throughout the nation that are coming up as as the next version of him. And that's why protect, protect democracy is important because we need to call it out when we see it and combat it. Thank yeah, you, Dr. Exactly. for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Jesse.